Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday, and welcome to episode number 48 of the Still City Insider Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Ricks, alongside, oh, I got to point this way, Mr. Tim Wexel. How are you today, sir? I'm feeling really good, Jeremy. Thank you for asking. How are you? Spectacular, especially after the conversation that we just had with Pro Bowler, All Pro, Super Bowl winner, Hall of Famer, guard of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Alan Fanica. How was that conversation, Jim? Well, you know, we talked about his uh, his charity that he's working for, and you could talk a little bit about that, or you'll introduce it when, when Alan comes in. But um, we got to talk football with him, too. Yes. And that was fun, current, you know, past and current. Uh, I think it was only like 15, 17 minutes, but I thought it was good. Alan looks good. He's, he's sharp. He, he looks happy. You know, I've talked to him when he wasn't so happy. Even after wins, sometimes he wasn't so happy. Uh, he was a, he's, he's a guy they really could use in the locker room right yeah. now. And before we got on here, you, you were describing his demeanor in the locker room and on the football field. Uh, and you are right. The Steelers are lacking that type of player. Um, we're very excited to have that interview coming up for you here in a little bit. Jim and I are going to get in quickly to the loss to the Baltimore Ravens this past weekend, 16-14, losing Kenny Pickett to a concussion. Not sure whether or not he's going to be back this weekend. Maybe it's Trubisky. Maybe it's Mason Rudolph. But, Jim, I know we don't want to spend a ton of time because we want to get our viewers over to the Alan Fanica interview, but thoughts from this weekend's game? Um, well, the defense, you know, the run defense. You talk about running the same play. The Ravens ran the same play over and over and over and gashed them, bludgeoned them. The fact, and and uh, uh, D.I. Davis wrote about this this morning, the fact that it was a two-point game is stunning. It tells you how bad the Ravens quarterback was because yeah. they bludgeoned yeah. the Steelers. They beat them up. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a defense of, made up of hybrids, apparently. They're not the 3-4 that they used to be, even when they line up as 3-4. It's not what it used to be. They don't have the defensive end. They don't have the nose tackle. Martravis Adams is a penetrating nose tackle for when they do use a nose tackle. Tyson Alulu is 35. Cam Hayward, we saw the two plays when he played on the nose. And, and I hope Cam doesn't punch me in the face for saying this, but I've seen that before when he's played on the nose. It just it isn't natural for him. It, it's not a fit, but he'll do anything that's asked. And sometimes he does it well. But it's just not his position. He's an angular guy. So they just they got bludgeoned. And, and their other defensive end isn't Aaron Smith or Brett Kiesel uh, or uh, any of the other three, four. You know, they, they've had some big, long, more, more length. Mm-hmm. Um, Joby is more of a penetrating type, too. So they're, they're more penetrating. They're trying to fight today's past era teams. And it's coming back around. The, these run teams are bludgeoning them. The Atlanta in the second half, the Browns, the Ravens, mm-hmm. San Francisco is out there. Uh, they they do the same thing. It's coming back around. I always hoped the Steelers would take advantage of these hybrid defenses with a real punishing offense. Mm-hmm. There, it looks like they're building it. It's not there yet, and yeah. and it's not going to get any easier because the Panthers have a strong running game. They've got the Ravens one more time in Baltimore, and you're closing out the season with the Browns with Nick Chubb, and we remember what happened on that Thursday night game earlier this year. So. They're going to have to show some improvement, but do you think it's more of a personnel 
element on that defensive line or is it schematic with the defense that they're trying? Maybe maybe there is a transition that's occurring in the NFL right now where they're moving away from the ability to defend a pass to more of a um, they need to shift over to more run focused defense. Well, you know, loss of two, it hurt badly. And they drafted Loudermilk, a late round pick, but that same type of build is to it, Aaron Smith, Brett Kiesel. So I don't know if um, I don't I don't I don't know if it's schematic because they seem to be drafting similar likewise guys. They just Tyson Lulu got old. They have no I I just can't give them a pass on for letting Javon Hargraves get away. And uh, Alu is old. Uh, Ogunjobi was an emergency fill-in for experience. So his style, you can't say they're going with that style. It's hard to say that and, and unless they are. Yeah. But, but I mean, they had to it. They drafted Loudermilk. Um, they have another young guy. It's lost on me right now. But, you know, uh, and, and Hayward's 33. So, boy, you got to think defensive line is a high priority. Yeah, it's got to be. And then just one more uh, element from the the Ravens game, Jim, before we get into the interview with uh, Mr. Fanica. Uh, quarterback position, Kenny Pickett took a shot early in the game on a play that a lot of people are saying should have been a, a roughing the passer call. Wasn't called. Can't cry over spilt milk, but he's in the concussion protocol. I did see that he was limited in practice yesterday. Um, if Kenny can't go, is Mason going to get his first opportunity? No. No, I think this is another phony quarterback derby for him. Got it. And, you know, he's the best deep ball thrower on the team. Apparently they want a mobile quarterback. Uh, Mitch played well, except for his mistakes. I mean, that's what quarterbacking is all about, those mistakes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he did look better. He played better. And he's got a great attitude. I don't want to dismiss him because Mason's had a great attitude too. Kenny, Kenny. Kenny looks all right. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he played this week. Yeah. Are we sure he had a concussion? We don't know officially. We know he's in the protocol. Right. So, and, you know, he did get slammed down. Uh, I, I don't think it was a, a roughing. Some Somebody, uh, a couple people, more than a couple, are mentioning that it was a face mask. I didn't notice that. I wasn't looking for it. So if that was that, but I, I, I don't see roughing. I, I'm against all those namby-pamby roughing calls anyway, so I'm not going to change my mind and say, well, if you're going to call them, call I, I didn't think it was roughing. It's a tackle, right. and he's a slight guy. You couldn't, you couldn't grab Roethlisberger like that and whip him down like you can Kenny Pickett or, in the, in the day, Jim McMahon, who I've compared Kenny Pickett to, and now I'm wondering if I should compare him to McMahon because of the fragile – Fragility. Yeah, it is a bit concerning that this is the second second time this season, I believe, that he's been in the protocol. So um, again, we do, we're not sure he had a concussion. Right, if they're taking the extra extra steps to make sure. Right. Know, so right. All right, Jim. Well, hey, Panthers, this weekend we'll see how that turns out. But viewers, you are in for an amazing treat here. You get to hear from the man himself, Alan Fanica. Check it out. Enjoy. And also check out the information about Steps to Zero. Um, Alan is doing a lot to raise awareness for epilepsy. He struggles with it himself. So check out in our show notes. We have a link for that. Uh, but without further ado, here is Mr. Alan Fanica. Uh, record.
All right, so we're, we're recording on our end too. Everybody, we have a very special guest with us today, none other than Mr. Alan Fanica, Hall of Famer, Pittsburgh Steeler, Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl XL. Was just saying before we got on here, I remember that Willie Parker run, and Alan had a lot to do with that. Um, Alan, thanks so much for joining the show. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, we are very glad to have you here. And Alan, we, we want to start by talking about the campaign uh, that you're supporting, the Steps Toward Zero. We know that this is something very important to you, and we want to share that with our, our viewers and listeners. Can you talk a little bit about that for us? Yeah, so I uh, I teamed up with SK Life Science, and uh, they came to me with this campaign, and I immediately jumped on board. It just made too much sense for me to be a part of. And their whole campaign is gained around educating, inspiring, and activating the epilepsy community. They want to uh, get everybody in the epilepsy, epilepsy community to get out there and, and re-engage their, their doctors uh, and, and try and find new paths and steps towards zero, trying to find uh, a better version of themselves, a way that they can uh, have a better life. Not, not, not everybody uh, is able to get the zero seizures, but you know, medicine changes over time. Uh, your body changes over time. And so many people with ep epilepsy uh, just stay on their path. You know, they take the same medicine for for year after year, and, uh, you know, just to try and get them to rethink it that, hey, maybe there's a better possibility out there that maybe you can have a, a few few less seizures and, and keep moving forward and have a better life. And sometimes we're just trying to get people to go out there and do that. Right. And this is something that is very personal and important to you. Can you talk about that personal connection you have to this? Sure. So I have epilepsy. Uh, actually, my first seizure was uh, Christmas Eve, my freshman year of high school, coming up on Christmas here. Um, and my daughter as well has a has a form of uh, of epilepsy. But uh, so you know, I've I've lived with it and I've gone through it. I've uh, uh, I've had my bouts with it. So it's it's very near and, and dear and personal uh, to my family. And I've always thought it was a good thing to uh, use my platform as a professional athlete, now a Hall of Famer. To, to get out and talk about it and to uh, engage people in the community and to also help uh, destigmatize it and, you know, let people know that uh, you can do things and be things and still have epilepsy and that epilepsy is not all that Hollywood sells it to be. Hollywood makes a lot of money scaring people and telling people and, and, and making the biggest and best story, right? And the biggest and best story about epilepsy is the scariest version. And it's not always all like that. And even when it is, it's not as scary as what people think or, or have seen. And just to, the more you know, the better you are and the more prepared you are for situations. Right. And where can our viewers and listeners find out more information about Steps to Zero if they want to, you know, not just increase their awareness, but they want to help in some way? Sure. You can go to StepsTowardsZero.com and everything in the campaign is there for, for them to find information, uh, how to engage your doctors, how to learn more about epilepsy uh, as well to help out. You can uh, on your social media platform, you can hashtag Steps Towards Zero and SK Life Science is going to donate a dollar uh, to the Epilepsy uh, Foundation. Alan, um, when you were 15, you talked about Christmas Eve, you were at your great grandparents' house and you had your first seizure. And my understanding is when you came out of it, the, all the relatives were hovered over you and you thought it was time to open presents. Pretty, pretty much not, not exactly, but definitely, uh, was like that. You know, I, it, it it felt like nightmares to me during the night. I had a couple of them and was just really rambling around my great grandparents' uh, farmhouse, uh, crying and upset. 
Um, you know, then we wake up in the morning and, you know, everybody's like a little tiptoey around me. And I'm like, man, let's let's go, man. It's it's Christmas time. What are we doing here? Let's go. I'm fine. Let's go. Uh, so it was a little bit like that. Well, that's kind of what your doctor said to you when you when you finally figured this out and you asked if you could play football. And he said, no, you're fine. Let's go. You were a little surprised, but. Uh, I know I was. I, I was definitely uh, surprised. You know, we got past all the how does this change my life questions? Because, you know, this is back in the day when you had to go get answers from your doctor. You couldn't just uh, peck away at your computer and find out about everything. So we had this long list of questions. And then at the end of it was like, all right, you know, sports, this, that and football uh, running around, hitting people with your head. And he said it so nonchalantly. Um that my mom and I and uh, we looked at each other and we're like, you know what football is, right, Doc? Like running around. And he's like, Yep, go do it. Go uh don't don't stop anything you're doing and keep chasing your dreams. And um I never asked again. I ran with that one. Well, that was what a boy about 30 years ago. 31 years ago. I was just looking at this. Uh it's 31 years. So how much progress has been made in the medication and treatment? And now because you're seeing the next generation too. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, my daughter has it. So, um, you know, we see the next uh, her steps that, she, that she's gone through and, and done. And it's different for everybody. But, you know, 31 years of medicine, you know, things change, uh, ideas change, um, uh, just better ways to take care of yourself, even outside of medicine have changed. So uh, there's just all these changes uh, that have been going on. And sometimes somebody has been on their path, uh, like I said, for years and just have accepted what they're at and you know, they might be having a couple seizures, a, excuse me, seizures a year. And, you know, that don't really realize that, hey, it might go down to zero, maybe potentially. So you, you're you not affected at all anymore. I mean, you had to give a big speech recently. I, 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 I've read about Neil Young. He used to have epilepsy. And when he first started the concert scene, he would hurry the last solo at the end because he felt it coming. Do you still yeah. have that? Is it anything like that? Uh, you know, I still have my moments. I, I, I pretty much, I'm, I'm good. I take my medication. I take uh, two pills three times a day, every day for the last 31 years. Um, and, uh, but you know, I still have my moments uh, uh, of, uh, you know, really, it's when you forget about taking it. For me, it's really about when you, I forget about taking about my, taking care of myself, and I'm worried about my kids. Uh, kids are in the hospital or sick or something, uh, and you don't take your medication. That's that's really my my biggest concern uh, currently. I'm sure Jeremy has some football questions too about these current Steelers, but I'm going to ask you the tough one, and then I'm going to duck. Were you <laughs> excited when you saw rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett put into the lineup? <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't be excited, right, Jim? I mean, everybody <laughs> loves a rookie quarterback, right? When I you're mean, not, what's, when what's you, better in the what's better in the world than than a, a good young rookie quarterback back there? When, um, when you're in the fan base, when you're not worried about blocking for him, I guess you you would be excited, but otherwise, not so much. Uh, you know, I thought it made too much sense when they drafted him um, after after having that stability that they had been for so long. Um, you see, as an organization, I think you sit back and you see all the other things they're able to do, right? We're able to spend money on the D-line or or we can extend to this guy. We don't have to worry about that guy. When you're always chasing the quarterback position, you're potentially losing or wasting money chasing it. And you're 
not able to take care of everything around him. And, you know, that doesn't help the guy at the quarterback position either. But I think having gone through that, that made too much sense for them to pick a quarterback and to try and continue that stability. Go ahead, Jeremy. Uh, Alan, do you see any parallels between the path that Kenny Pickett is following now being inserted as a starter, as a rookie to Roethlisberger? And I'm not trying to make a comparison or say that they're similar in any way, but have you seen anything on tape that says, hey, there there are some connections here? Um, you know, they, they both kind of move move well, right? They both have got the, a little bit of mobility to them. It's probably not their their biggest part of their game. Um, you know, he does make some really good good decisions out there, but you can definitely tell there's a learning process going on. And that's the same thing with, with Ben and, and with every young quarterback. You know, you're seeing things for the first time. Uh, you're in a new offense, right? I think so many people discount that. Uh, even for a, an, an offensive lineman like me, you're in that same offense for your entire college career. And all of a sudden, somebody hands you a new book that's five times of the size and you're, you're supposed to go play with it. Um, and then so many things change from week to week that really in college, they didn't change. They don't change that often. You know, you're just, you are who you are. Uh, in the NFL, you're expected to learn and adapt and be able to play in six days later after you've been given the information. So, uh, you know, it, it, it only gets easier from year one. So what are you, well, I'm sure you watched the Ravens game, Steelers Ravens. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? What do you think of the current status of the Steelers? Current state of the Steelers. You know, it's it's inconsistent. I think it's probably the best uh, best thing to say. You know, I think we, you know, especially on offense. You know, we've got some drives, and then we just don't get any more drives. Um, you know, defense is still doing what they do. Um, it, it's just a, uh, it's just not the full sixty minutes, as Coach Tomlin likes to say, right? It's not, it's not the full, the full game, and that's what's kind of lacking. And you know, we've. How many close games have we lost this year? I'm not sure on that one, but it's it's been a couple. We've been in the mix at the very least, right? And it just haven't been able to to get over that hump. Uh, I, in my opinion, I think the offensive line, uh, being a bunch of newbies for the most part, has progressed physically. Mm -hmm. um, but still, I think there's a leadership, and I'm not blaming these guys. They're young. There's a leadership level missing that – you know, Max Starks told a story on uh, the Wolfley show with me on it. Uh, he talked about how um, you guys would get to the sideline and you and Hardings, everybody was supposed to talk about it, but Max wasn't said he wasn't allowed to talk. Kendall was, Kendall was too young. He knew better not to talk. And Marvell was too quiet to talk. You and Jeff talked. They don't have you and Jeff or any facsimiles. Do you, how big of a need is that? Uh, you know, you, you got to find it. You do need it. You do need it. Right. You got, you got to go out there regardless of, uh, you know, if you've got a hall of fame coach like Russ Grimm, uh, there to talk to you on the sideline, like you're the guys out there seeing the things you're the guys that have to, uh, assimilate the information. Once you get back on the sideline, like, Hey, I saw this, you saw this. All right, next time I'm going to do this, you know, I'm going to give you a little hand and then I'm going to go or, you know, all these kind of little mini conversations have to happen like that before you get back out there on the field. So it's definitely needed. You know, it doesn't it doesn't take a vocal person. It just takes, you know, getting the ball rolling. You just can't all sit down on the sideline. And I haven't watched the sideline, uh, you know, to see what they're doing. Um, but, you know, you definitely just can't all come back there and just sit down and get ready for the next drive uh, drinking Gatorade. So there, are, there is a lot to be done between series. So sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. Go ahead. I say, Alan. So I know looking at this year, it's it would take a 
small miracle, maybe a large miracle for this team to make the postseason. But looking ahead, how far do you feel that this team is away from being competitive for a playoff spot? And then looking ahead to the draft, you know, our, our Steelers fans are always looking ahead to, you know, the future. What do you see as those needs uh, coming up in the draft this offseason? What what a what a question. What what are our chances of getting in the playoffs? And what do you think about the draft? All in one. Like which one are you pulling for here? <laughs> That's a double shot. <laughs> a double shot. Oh man. Um, you know, it doesn't look to me like it's in the cards uh this year. Um, and, and that's just what it is. I, I think they're gonna finish out strong, uh, play some games in there, keep it tight, win some games. I just don't think they've, you know. Like we said, we've missed out on a couple of the closer games, and you gotta you gotta win some of those games that you're within a touchdown or less. You gotta find ways to 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 win those games, uh, especially when you're you know on the line or below the line. Um, you know, in, in the draft, man, that's 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 for Jim, man. That's that's his deal right there. He'll tell you what's coming up next. Who? We, what do we? What's our biggest need next year, Jim? Well, I'm going to say buy my new book, and you can find out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I gave it. I tossed oh, it up um, for you. My opinion, I mean, they do need a corner, but I think they need locker room leadership from the line. And, you know, you draft an Alan Fanica, he doesn't take over the locker room for a couple of years, right? But he's your guy for the next 10 to 15 years. He's the he's the policeman in there. I know you you didn't look at yourself as that, but we all did. I mean, I don't, I mean, Cam, Cam Hayward, great leader. He can't do it all himself. I think they need more of those guys. And you you saw that the way that the Ravens were pushing around. It it looked like the old Steelers playing the old Bengals, you know, the way you you guys used to pull and trap and just hammer them physically. I I think they need defensive linemen or, you know, if they can find an interior guy. But do you take an interior lineman with a top 15 pick? Not too often, not too often. He'd have to be, he'd have to be special, you know, he'd have to be real special, I think. Uh, but, you know, like I said, man, those tackles are stealing, man. If they're stealing money out there, man, that year I played left tackle was the easiest year of my career. Uh, <laughs> I've never felt fresher at the end of a season. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, uh, uh, you, uh, you were fun to watch. I don't know if you needed to be a football aficionado to watch your pulling and marvel at, knocking guys helmets off getting three guys with one block i remember asking you did you after the denver uh, afc championship game in denver you pulled a uh, you knocked three guys out you didn't do it i mean you didn't hit three guys one guy tripped the other guy knocked into another guy and, and you were like hey man i i didn't intend to do that it just happens like that sometimes oh, quit making a big deal out of it but that's the kind of leadership that, that's necessary that, that kind of i didn't i didn't it's not a big deal. I did my job kind of leadership that, that they're lacking only because they're so young and inexperienced. And, and I think that's what they need. And uh, man, I miss watching you play, especially, you know, every, everybody says, uh, well, Ben stepped in and they went 15 to one. And why can't Kenny do better? Well, Kenny didn't have Alan, Jeff, Marvell, Max, Jerome, and a defense is ready to go. So. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Ben, Ben's situation was a little, uh, it was uh, served up on the platter a little bit for him. Uh, it's just team-wise, not for him, you know, but I mean, as a team, we were, re- we were built ready to go. And, and he's an aircraft carrier type. He's, he's a franchise guy. He was drafted to be a franchise guy. Correct. Yeah. Uh, well, Alan, 
we really appreciate you coming on the, the show here today and giving us some of your time. I'm sure that the listeners and viewers very much enjoyed it. We're going to have linked in the show notes, the Steps Towards Zero campaign for all of you out there. So please check that out, post on social media, bring awareness to it. Uh, but Alan, again, thanks so much for coming on the Still City Insider podcast. Hopefully you can come back on again. Hey, anytime, guys. Love talking. Hey, thanks, Alan. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys.